hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I had one of those moments this week where I kind of lost faith in the human race. Ooh, I have them multiple times a day, (laughs) but tell me what happened. Well, pretty much everything in in terms of my faith in the human race is lensed through... Mm. How would we cope with a major crisis? Oh, not well. Not well. Have you not learnt that from the COVID? Yeah. You know, oh my God, do you not remember that bloody, oh, it was in toilet when, paper? No. Oh my God, the New Orleans flooding. You know, and this is like America. Like America is like one of the most, you know, has the most highly resourced countries, you know, in the country. Yeah. People were in that Super Bowl stadium. Okay, for like, what, a week before they got food and water? Yeah. They were like shitting on each other. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Like, we are not equipped at all in any way, shape or form. Imagine being the kind of person that's into looting and finally you get to do it from a dinghy. (laughs) Yeah, woohoo! My two favourite things, (laughs) fishing and looting. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) Do your little getaway. <laughs> Sam Billy Bob, if you hold out long enough, all dreams do come true. I do like the idea of a high speed police chase through the Everglades. <laughs> like those old 70s shows where for some reason Isn't that no, isn't that Gator? Yeah. That's the Burt Reynolds movie. Yeah, they had the high, high speed chase with those what are these fucking things called? The airboats. Airboats, yeah. yeah. Fuck they're funny. I love I love that about America. Like that is that is you know, they say that capitalism breeds innovation. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> capitalism capitalises on state innovation. Uh, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But that's this week's communism lecture. Yeah. <laughs> capitalism sucks the blood of the worker. That's yeah. what it does. It's just like, well, there's too many reeds for propellers and fucked if I'm learning to fly because <laughs> I can't drink. <laughs> so I'm putting a massive propeller on my fucking boat. Woo! Nah. Fucking love it. Off you go. Love it. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, my faith in humanity was tested because mm. my kid's school is one of the few, and we chose this school for a reason because it's uh, small. Uh-huh. South Australia, they're very concentrated, huge class sizes, mm-hmm. desperately under-resourced yep. because we keep giving all the money to the fucking Catholics. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it no, is true. true. The yeah. private schools, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. $17 billion of state money has ended up in the private sector. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the kids of people who are not yeah rich are basically like you know eating rats yeah. <laughs> to survive <laughs> but here's me you know with my my lefty propaganda and you know my belief in trade unionism and mm-hmm. you know a rising tide raises all ships they can't get a canteen manager for the school really yeah why not it's one of the few schools that still has a privately run volunteer canteen okay yeah uh, most of them have been farmed out to large corporations that basically mm. just put chicken nuggets and shit on the menu. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, you can still get reasonably nutritious food mm-hmm. prepared by a parent. It's good for the school community. It's just really nice. Yeah. Problem is, they need at least one person to coordinate it and no one wants to do it. <laughs> so there's just no canteen at school anymore. So oh, so it's a volunteer position. Yeah. It's the volunteer yeah. like canteen mum. Yeah. And then I thought about it for about 30 seconds. I'm like, well, I'm complaining about this. I could do it. Mm. And then I thought, oh, no, it's like four hours a day, five days a week. Yeah, fuck them, they can go hungry. 
we the people must feed the children. Ah, oh, fuck them. Yeah. Like, just send, send them to school with some twisties. I'm telling you now, if Jesus didn't have fucking magic, he, he wouldn't have fed the 5,000. <laughs> oh, it's a lot to organise. It is. I actually, I remember because when I went to school, they had the, yeah, they had the canteen that was run by the parents. Yeah. And my mum was very much, you know, like I'm going to be, you know, president of the PSA kind of thing. Yeah. And so she was on the, um, you know, all these committees for the tuck shop and yeah, everything. Yeah, school governing council shit, yeah. So we had all this like, oh, my God, it was all this like fresh fruit and salads, you uh, know. Uh, 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 gay this, food. Yeah, oh, my God. All this Fucking stuff that you were just like, wow. Um, oh, my God. So I remember one day, oh, my God, I don't know what had happened. I don't know. My... My mum hadn't been there for a few weeks because she'd had like, you know, her night shifts and, you know, she was at a work. Nurse, yeah. She was a nurse. So, yeah. um, so, you know, some others had, you know, taken on more of a role over that time. Anyway, they started selling like packets of chips and okay. like and candy bars. And most excitedly, it was a very short run. They had Masters of the Universe. They were knockoff <gasps> burger rings. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, my God. So they had the Masters of the Universe. And obviously, so we thought this was the greatest thing that had yeah. ever happened. Fuck you, salad. I'm going to live on a diet of Master of the Universe, like, burger rings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, flavoured milks. Yeah. And so, oh, my God. So I remember. So I'd eaten, like, 20 packets of these chips. And then... Uh, they were so good. I actually bought some and I ate one packet walking home yeah. and then I opened up another pack that I hadn't quite finished when I got home. And my mum was like, oh, where did you get them? You know, stranger danger. <laughs> and I'm like, I got them from the tax shop. <gasps> my mum went into the, like caused such a kerfuffle at the meeting. She demanded that they remove the, the packets of chips from <sighs> the canteen Everybody knew it was my mum who did it. Oh, no. You would have been fucking the worst. Oh, my God. Just you... full metal jacket. They hold you down and bed frag you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> that was my life. Oh, my God. I became the fat kid in full metal jacket. Like, oh, my God. Like, one-on-one, how to become, like, the most unpopular kid in school. Get your mum and to take away your Masters of the Universe snacks. Yeah. And that's peak Master of the Universe fame too. Yeah. Do you remember how little they looked like any of the characters? Oh, it's not the point though. I know, but they were they delicious. They tasted just like Skeletor yeah. wood. <laughs> barbecue like and delicious. Skeletor jerky, yeah. <laughs> well, this tastes like he lost his uh, face when he was Keldor. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. Smoky. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the chocolate bars you used to be able to get at Masters of the Universe? They had the tattoo on the inside. No. I looked like a fucking Chopper Reed as a kid getting around at school with just like home done junky prison tats because <laughs> I just ate all this chocolate. And they had like a, it was like a transferable tattoo, but not yeah. like the cool ones you get. Yeah. They were like that clear film yeah, that yeah, would yeah. kind of like stretch like a Band-Aid. Yeah. This was just like a straight ink and you would get it wet and just... Slap it on. Slap it on your arm, hold it on there for a few seconds, pull it off. It was like henna. It just stuck to you for days. Oh, my God. Do you think that's like where all like our heavily tattooed baristas of today, do you think they were heavily influenced by Masters of the Universe candy when they were young? They might have been because I fucking look like a mumble rapper (laughs) getting around with just shitty hypercolour tattoos all over myself. And I was missing teeth because I was a child. Oh, my God. You know what? My favourite – because, you know, it's one of those things like you look back at the stuff and you're like, how the fuck did that ever – like I can't believe they got away with it yeah. kind of product. Um, in Australia, 
I don't know if they had these overseas. Let us know if you had them overseas. But in Australia for a while. Okay. And these these were taken off the shelves for many reasons. Okay. <laughs> many, 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 many reasons. These were a children's lolly. Okay. These were a children lollies that were called fags. I remember okay. them well. Obviously. Yes. That's... Um, but what they were, they were like little like musky, like they were like a white long, like a cigarette with a little red tip at the end because fags was the slang term yeah. for cigarettes Toy in Australia. Cigarettes for children. Yeah, you could buy a packet of like pretend cigarettes and then, oh, what would you know? The bloody do-gooders, the bloody Karens <laughs> pulled the fake lolly cigarettes off the shelf. Yeah. Can you imagine going on Dragon's Dens today? <laughs> Being like, I have this great product, children's cigarettes. <laughs> I love the irony of someone like, you know, a conservative radio commentator fighting against the cancel culture, fighting for my right to stick fags in my mouth. <laughs> mm, <laughs> yummy. <laughs> that being said, on the same hand, yeah. I will go to the wall for your right to put a fag in your mouth. God damn it. You know what? You can put whoever you want in your mouth as long as it's consenting. <laughs> Then if everyone's consenting, I say fag on. His name is Malt Biscuit and he's from Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. They, they, yeah, they even used to have the um, the chocolate camel. Like, they were literally branded cigarettes, camel yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. And it was just chocolate with an edible rice paper on the outside of it. Yeah. I just remember walking along and munching on those things. Yeah. I grew up, I've got my cigarette. I'm so cool, like in the movies. Yeah. And every every small town had the deli that would sell cigarettes to children. Oh, my my deli used to do that. Well, because we like grew up in the country, yeah. and it would be nothing for like you know your parents to, like give you like a ten dollar note. Yeah, and because if you walk to the shop to buy them a packet of cigarettes with the change, you could buy some like Star Wars stickers. Yeah. Yeah. And get yourself a yo yo. I know. Oh my god! And this was back in the day before you know you. would Got molested by weirdos. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite line on that ever is um, British comedian Gina Yashera, yeah, who talks about back in my day we didn't have we didn't have paedophiles, we had flashes, <laughs> we had flashes, <laughs> and it was something to laugh at. <laughs> He'd show you his dick, you'd go, look at that, he's having a wank. <laughs> I just butchered her bit, but it is hilarious. Yeah, it's not like it is today, no. or here in Adelaide. You know, oh my god! You know what? Oh my god! <laughs> you know you have those things, and you look back on, you know, things from back in the day. Because again, we grew up in the country. Yeah. You know, um, so maybe it's a little bit different in the country. But I still remember, like, when I was a kid. Um, so mum would be at work at the hospital, mm. and you know, dad was is being very progressive for his day and taking care of the kids. Yep. Okay. In a fucking lead mining town. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which meant that dad would just go to the pub and get a carton and we'd stop off at the video store and he'd like get all these like westerns and like oh. dad would get drunk and we'd watch westerns. Yeah. Which to me was a kid. I love westerns. That's perfect, yeah. yeah. I grew up loving westerns. Raised and I, by Sam Peckinpah. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> it explains a lot about it me. Does, it really yeah. does. Um, the Wild Bunch. Oh. Um, so, um, oh, my God. You know what? I think one of the most underrated films of all time is The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Oh, it's brilliant. It is hand down one of the greatest films that has ever been made. Yeah. Like it is such like it is such a perfect like film for so many reasons. We'll get into that in another yeah. day. But anyway, um, but I still remember. So we would have our, you know, like drunken Western. 
you know. I, I was allowed to have a shandy now and then. Oh, who wasn't? Which was a lemonade, little dash of beer. Anyway, I still remember, oh my God, more often than once, like dad would be kind of like, oh, I want some hot chips. So we would drive out, like, oh my God, near the pub, there was, you know, the little cart that would serve all the fried foods. Yeah, yeah, the little pie cart. Yeah. So dad's like half cart. We'd go down to like the pie cart. <laughs> and so like he'd get a pie floater, yep. which is pea soup with a meat pie in it, which yeah. is, it's disgusting. It's even more disgusting than it sounds. With They're sauce. fucking incredible. They're fucking disgusting. I'd get a Chico roll. Um, which is the more disgusting of the two things. <laughs> Deep fried cornmeal filled with cabbage. Um, um, but and I still remember. And then like we'd like we'd be like drive home, and like as a treat, Dad would let me sit on his lap and try and steer the car. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Was that his legal way of getting around drink driving? Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> He'd do the gears, and I would like. Steer oh, like a responsible the- dad. Yeah, like a responsible dad. <laughs> Jesus. I like, tried training the dog to do it. <laughs> and it's one of those things, like, looking back as a kid, like, I just remember them as being, like, some of, like, the funnest, like, times as a kid. And yeah. I just think it, it was it was awesome. As an adult, I realised that someone probably should have phoned the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> Not appropriate on any shape or level. No, no. But, you know, that being said, wouldn't change a thing. No, good fun. Yeah, except the drink driving. Don't drink driving. It's it. Don't do it. How good was it though? Like, because I mean, especially you and I growing up in the golden era of video, mm. in terms of home video players and mm. that kind of stuff. Because we both had the same regional TV station yeah. that would turn off at ten o'clock at night. It would just that'd be the end of it. They played the national anthem and then <laughs> just static. You're like, what the fuck do we yeah. do now? Uh, that was the end of that. Yeah. You'd have a, you know you'd have one movie that would play at 8.30 and it was always gone with the wind, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We didn't have a video player yeah. at home. Yeah. Mum, I don't know, mum being the hyper-Catholic, she was probably thought it was too decadent or something like yeah. that. This is the 80s. Man. Yeah, too Everyone. satanic, too satanic. Everyone had a fucking video player. Yeah. Anyway, our big treat in the summer school holidays, yeah. which when you've got like nine weeks away from school, is that we would go and hire a video machine <gasps> from one of the local video shops. <gasps> And we would binge on movies, basically yeah. because my mum was like, I don't want to fucking raise them. So yeah. she'd just shove Good us in call. and fucking I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Shove us in the lounge room and for mm. nine weeks of the year, we would get to see a bunch of shit we would never see Excellent. any other way. It was great. But we were little kids mm. and we were getting like Emmett Otter's Jug Band <laughs> and like The Never Ending Story. We got Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Great, great films for little kids. Yeah. Not exactly life changing. It's just the kind of the yeah. experience you expect. The beautiful thing about it was my dad was a shift worker. So he's working down at the lead smelter. Uh-huh. Um, and he'd come home and he'd have like whole days to just fucking kill. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not going to sit here watching Emmett Otter's Jug Band. <laughs> and, you know, the storyteller and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So st- this is formative for me. I still remember dad coming home with four video cases. Yeah. And he's just like, blam, 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 blam. Puts them down on the... Table. Yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, God. Full yeah. Metal Jacket. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Das Boat. Oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> and I can't remember what the fourth one was. Oh but I just, I just remember them and we watched them. And I'm like nine years old watching mm. Das Boat. And my dad's telling me, I was on one of those. Ah, ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The, yeah, like the German, like classic. Oh, my God. As well. Um, Although I will put a note, if you are 
feeling even slightly suicidal, yeah, don't put on das Boot. No. Don't put it on. It really is the most depressing thing you will ever watch in your life. I think that's why I loved it so much. Brilliant, though. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Long, worth it, though. Very brilliant. long. And that was shaved down from the original TV series. Oh, yeah. So, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my parents brought me up on a, on a heady dose of James Bond. Nice. Westerns. Very good. Burt Reynolds. Hey. And Carry On Films. Wow, that's like the perfect mix. Yeah, which is well, it's kind of why I can also make a like a sexual entendre out of <laughs> anything. Carry on up the Kyber. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, and Zulu. Oh yes. You can't beat that. Still one of the perfect. One classes. of the greatest yeah. films of all time. Yeah, one based on one of like the most awesome, like actual real stories of all time. Like if you don't know about, um, oh my god, Rourke's Drift, mm. um, I thoroughly suggest. You know what? Let's do an episode on it one day. Oh, I'm bang up for that. I'll, oh. get, I'll get Dad in. He can talk about it. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. It's one of the most amazing, like, true military stories ever. Yeah. Um. Oh, and that's. The- that's the one I said where my uncle, by marriage, got conscripted to go to Vietnam. Part of his training pro- his program was they sat him down and made, they made him all watch Zulu. <laughs> like, to reinforce why, even if you didn't understand what you were being told, that you should just shut up and obey your orders. Because <laughs> the great things happened. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, fair enough. There's a weird period in Australian cinema where they tried to replicate that mm. and they made um, The Light Horseman mm. with John Blake sadly taken from us far too soon. Yeah. Um, I actually I actually quite like The Light Horseman. I think it's, so a, did I. it's a good movie. Go back and watch it again though. Oh, really? Yeah. Like uh, the amount of people in blackface rather than co- like casting oh. actual Turkish people. Oh, no. Just a bunch of dudes in boot polish. Like it, you can see it stopping at their neck, like mm. real minstrel shit. I remember watching it as a kid and... They act- all sounded like vampires. Oh, honestly, I remember as a kid and I was just very excited because... Um, Set you- sight 1,600 metres. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> And <laughs> see, so just like eats a virgin. Yeah. Um, when I, because like I remember, like as a kid, it was sort of um, whenever you saw war movies, it was it was always Americans who were the heroes. Yeah. You, you never got to, oh, except for like Gallipoli, you never got to see like Australians in sort of no, you know, the Australian story. Um, so I remember going, oh, this is exciting. They would never make Gallipoli today, the movie. Because Australia, Australia is too nationalistic and jingoistic now. Yeah. And we're far too revisionist about our military history. Because mm. you watch the – who made it? Sam Weir? Oh, uh, Peter Weir? Peter Weir? Yeah. Peter Weir's Gallipoli. Yeah. Very much a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. Well, because it was. Yeah. Fucking horrendous tragedy. Yeah. yeah. So very much very much a tragic film. No, mm. no one wins. There's no, you mm. know, no Base, – Basically for American listeners who don't – no, uh, basically because you know we were we were Australians and we were basically used as you know I mean we were cannon fodder for the British and the British Army and yeah. they just you know threw us about here and there for a start they landed us at the wrong fucking beach yeah okay and where they landed us basically it was like it was just a straight cliff face yeah with just Australians and all all the all the, the Turkish people who would have thought in trying to take the Ottoman Empire was a bad idea. Yeah, 
Yeah, from like from like a beach yeah. up a like a just perfectly straight you know cliff face. Yeah. Who the fuck knew that was a bad idea? Wrong fucking beach, mate. Yeah. And then we were there, and they were like, "Oh, fuck them! Let them have a crack. What could go wrong?" <laughs> They're just Australians and Kiwis. Yeah. Fuck it. <sighs> yeah. That wouldn't get made today. You don't think? No. Why not? Um. Oh. At the risk of alienating the Australian listeners, we have, I think, the Anzac legend has been um, propagandized. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. We, I mean, you know, there's no wrong. Like, I mean, at the moment, there's allegations of war crimes against our most elite soldiers. Yeah. Some members. Some members. Some members. Allegedly. And, imp- <laughs> and importantly, the mm. whistleblowers came from within. Yes. So I'm not going to name anyone, but. Mm. Members of our own elite forces have blown the whistle on other members of our own elite forces mm. alleging war crimes committed in Afghanistan. And the public sentiment is basically, ah, oh, nah, they're just doing their job. And yeah, so, how dare you say anything against us? Yeah, yeah you, you really can't criticise them. You know, like any kind of war movie these days is very much, you know, oh, look at the, look at the battlers going over there and giving it a good red hot crack. <laughs> like, in a, like it's a cricket game. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Take it on the world. Stephen Bradbury, look at him. Yeah, okay, I, I get that. Actually, what I find my – because my uh, granddad fought in World War II um, and he was actually a rat of Tobruk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things that's very much heralded in Australia as one of our – Well, very famous. They were, the, they were pretty much the only soldiers that managed to repel Rommel. Yeah, basically Rommel was unstoppable, just rolling along in his tanks. No one could stop him until he came across some Australians that were – Basically, they because they were just shelled merciless, I can't say it, mercilessly. Mercilessly. Mercilessly all day. Basically, they just lived underground like rats. And then at night would essentially just every night would go on these like suicide missions um, to, you know, do these attacks, these few little Aussies. Um, anyway, so my, my granddad, he had a lot of unresolved issues about that, obviously, even till the day he died. Yeah. But... Um, it was so funny because I remember, um, and as he got older, he, especially towards the end, he would open up more about yeah. the war. Um, but it was so funny. And I remember the entire time when he came back from World War Two, even like he never, ever, like he never had a problem with the, with the German people. Hmm. Never had anything against the German people. He actually used to compliment. Um, he complimented the German soldiers, saying the German soldiers were, um, you know, that they were good. They were well trained. They were a good fighting unit. You know, at the end of the yeah. day, they were just boys like yeah. they were on yeah. the other side. So you know, he spent all those years living like a rat under the ground. He only hated two groups of people. All those years, after all that bloodshed, all that war, all that death, he only hated two groups. To the day he died, he only hated two groups of people. You know who they were? The Waffen-SS. Nazis. Yep. Obviously. Yep. English officers. Who were basically Nazis with English accents. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Not the English soldiers. He loved the English squaddies. But English officers, fuck. He'd put all of them and Nazis in a fucking, like, and put them up against the wall. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, because <laughs> he'd just be like the you know he reckons English officers killed more of more of his mates than the Germans ever did. Yeah, no, no, you hear you hear that quite a bit. Mm. Thought of the Australians and New Zealanders as, as expendable. Mm. Wow, yeah. 
And oftentimes, yeah, they were still buying their commissions and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. But war is hell. Oh. What are we talking about this week if I try and drag us back on track? Well, it's appropriate yes. that uh, we look at war. <laughs> yes. And we look at the figures in war. This week, well, this story has it all. A scandalous love affair. Ooh. A beautiful woman. Ikea shopping bags. <laughs> okay. And a man dressed as Napoleon. Napoleon? Come with us this week <laughs> as we look at a true crime murder in November of 2019 that shocked the halls of power of both Russia and France. And a concealment of murder failure straight from a carry-on film. (laughs) In this week's episode of Carry-On Dictator. (laughs) Or the Napoleonic nincompoop. Or finally face-planting my Waterloo. Hey, very good. There's not enough ABBA in horror podcasts. <laughs> there really isn't. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Woo. Now, we've given a lot of dating advice over the course of this podcast. Have we? Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, last week we provided the very sound advice to not date any men who were obsessed with the film Fight Club. The, yes, that is good. That is good advice. I, I stand by that. And I think this week we should give a warning to all our listeners to never date a man who is obsessed with Napoleon. Do you put that on your Tinder profile? Well, this guy totally would have. Imagine ghosting Napoleon. You ditched Napoleon? Deacon, do you realise you have stranded one of Europe's greatest leaders in San Dimas? He was a dick. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> yeah, basically, if you see someone in full French-like <laughs> Napoleonic costume, yeah, just just keep swiping. <laughs> Uh, But let's start in the middle of this story. Let's go full Tarantino. (laughs) When police were alerted to an emergency in the Moika River in St. Petersburg, Russia, the police rushed to the scene and found a drunken man who had been pulled out of the icy river, who, according to reports, had drunkenly fallen in. In Russia? (laughs) I know. A drunk man in Russia? I know. Looking for identification, the police opened the man's backpack. They did not find the ID, but they did find a gun. Oh, and two human female arms that had been severed at the shoulder. Oh, Jesus. The man was detained. Funnily enough. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? It's a decent-sized backpack. Oh, my Lord. That's why when, like, people say, oh, could you just get me that thing out of, like, my my purse? I just pick up the purse and I take him the purse. This is why. Yeah. You know, just don't go running. <laughs> what do you want two female arms for unless you're, like, going to reenact Primus's Tommy the Cat video? <laughs> just have some super long arms. Oh. Hey, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I just imagine this, like, police officer pulling out the arms going, this guy is anything but armless. Hey, <laughs> hey. He's armed and dangerous. Hey. <laughs> he got so drunk he's legless, but he's got some spare arms. Woo! <laughs> and then he's four finger pistol shooting into the air. <laughs> pew, 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 uh. pew. 
Just another day in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we came to give you a helping hand, but we see you have two already. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. One, two, two arms. Uh, 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 uh. Hey, weren't you in the Australian production of The Light Horse? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, uh. Hands me that virgin. Uh, Oleg. Is that Oleg? Yes. Instead of all arms. Uh, all arms. Uh, all arms. Sokolov was one of Russia's leading military historians and was an acclaimed expert on Napoleon in Russia and France. He was a professor at St. Petersburg University, the university of Russia's leader, Vladimir Putin. Hey. Hey. Speaking fluent French, the professor had also lectured at the Sorbonne part of the University of Paris in France and was actually awarded France's Distinguished Legion of Honour in 2003, France's highest award in recognition of all of his work on Napoleon. Wow, so the French like to recognise Napoleon. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) He was also president of the Military Historical Association of Russia. So he's a fun guy. He had been one of its leading founders of the military historical reconstruction movement in Russia. I reckon you can add this to the list of people not to date. (laughs) (laughs) Fight club? (laughs) Hands up if you're not getting laid. (laughs) Two hands. (laughs) Kermit the frog arms. Oh, my God. So he'd been involved in the movement since the early 1990s. Wow, okay. Yeah, so that's was 30 years of military reenactments. And was well known in these circles for his extremely enthusiastic involvement in reenactments of historical battles, where he would always, and we mean <laughs> always, play the role of Napoleon. Oh, no. Well, he had the hat. He had the hat. The society would also hold other events such as balls where he would attend also dressed as Napoleon. Okay. And often spoke about his intense passions for the Napoleonic era, be it at a ball, at the university or on TV. Okay. He also wrote numerous papers and several books on Napoleon. Talk about <laughs> fangirling. So if this guy ever ended up on Hard Quiz, <laughs> his special subject is going to be, let me guess, Napoleon? <gasps> oh, my God. I just picture him like with like little Napoleon pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> Every night we're just like his nana has knitted him like a little with little medals uh, that he pins on. His wife hassles him. You go out and do the garden. And she looks out the window and he's slow. Moving from east to west, just burning everything. (laughs) (laughs) He had been brought in on film and TV shows to provide guidance on Napoleon and the Napoleonic era. (laughs) Suffice to say, Napoleon was the professor's idol, and reportedly, he would make people address him with Napoleon's title. Sire. Okay. What a fun guy. I did have professors like that at university. How though. good would he be at parties, hey? Yeah. 
I had a professor at university that made everyone buy his book. Oh. The entire curriculum was around his book. And he oh. had boxes of them in the office. That's that's about as bad as being called sire. Oh my god! It's like oh my god! Like you'd oh my god! Like you've seen them like. I didn't go to university, but I went to like quite a few university bars and <laughs> you would go in and, oh my God, you'd always see it. There'd always be that one university professor sitting at the uni bar in his leather jacket yep. trying to hit on the young girls in his class. Oh, yeah. Usually a politics or an economics oh, uh, professor. Oh, uh, oh, let me tell you about <laughs> communism in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should have the same right and liberty to my undergarments. <laughs> Do you know what Mar- you know, Marx meant when he talked about rising up? Oh. I can feel your grades rising up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. When angered, the professor reportedly would begin to swear quite loudly in French. Oh, fuck. What a wanker. (laughs) Unfuckable geek. Oh, my God. Well, that's like, oh, my God. Okay. One of my favourite all-time horror movies, uh, one of my all-time favourite zombie movies, surprisingly, is actually French. There's a French zombie film called La Horde. Okay, yeah. The Horde, for those who don't speak French. Oh, thank you. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We should do an episode about it, actually, because I love that. But Only if we can do Killing Zoe as well. Okay. okay. Um, at, anyway, at the very end, over the credits, they have like this, it's supposed to be like angry French rap. Okay. I cannot take it seriously because like French is the language of love <laughs> and it just, it can't be used to describe, like I can't take it seriously while it's all about its angry drive-bys, like <laughs> down in the hood. It's all like, oh, with my poopa, with my amour and bachas. And I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I picture when swearing loudly in France, <sighs> in French. Oh, Lord. The the professor was flamboyant and his impassioned and fiery deliveries made him infamous among students. (laughs) Students. Oh, my God. He's Sean Connery in the hunt for the like the last crusade. It's like he's a teacher nobody wanted. (laughs) Students would describe his love of the French leader as less of a profession and more of an obsession. Okay. This may also shock you to know he was also known for his mood swings and his alcoholism. <laughs> you sure this guy didn't teach at the University of South Australia? I don't like, I just, I keep putting on the hat. I don't know <laughs> why people don't like me. Just, <laughs> people like Napoleon. <laughs> Imagine getting around Russia just like, do you want to know about Napoleon? It's like, my fucking family knows about him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck it, yeah. <gasps> Enter Anastasia Yushchenko. Oh, no, that's not a French name. At the time, the professor was 60, she was 20. Oh, he must have taught at the University of South Australia. She was aged 24 at the time of her death. She had come from a rural area to obtain her doctorate degree at St. Peter's University. Oh, this has got some Phil Spector vibes now. It was here that she would meet the professor. 
Although frowned upon, this was by no means the first ever affair between a PhD student and a professor. Apparently, their relationship was known as a, quote, open secret by those at the campus. Okay, yep. The professor and Anastasia were Francophiles. Okay. In love with all things French. <laughs> Must make them so popular. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, just, oh. Out of all the countries to love France, I don't think Russia is the place <laughs> to do it. I'm no, just saying. No. There might be a bit of history there. I mean, imagine going to like Algeria or the Congo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who here loves the French? Yeah. They both had a passion Raise your hands Oh, they've all been cut off Yeah This is awkward They both had a passion for French history And the two co-authored a number of scientific papers on French history Scientific papers on French history? Mm. That's interesting Mm. Although I have a theory she just wrote papers And he drunkenly slapped his name on And said they won't get published if you don't put my name on But anyway, that's just my theory Yeah He's a pig Pretty sound That's an insult Pigs are lovely, this guy's You need to to have said that in French Oh I don't know La pepper pork (laughs) I don't know I don't speak French La poopoo fuck it. <laughs> I don't speak French because Nicholas Baudin did not land here before Flinders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fellow students and teachers described Anastasia as intelligent, well-liked, quiet, sweet, and always the ideal student. The professor insisted that Anastasia also call him sire. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is like the worst version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Just an old Russian dude who can't get an erection. And he called her Josephine. Oh, no. The name of Napoleon's lady. Fuck. Yes, he did. Oh, no. And you know that means in the bedroom too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, It would be revealed later that other female students had made numerous... Numerous complaints to the university about the professor, displaying what was described as inappropriate behaviour towards them. Perhaps because of the prestige of having a published Legion of Honour winner on staff, the university seemed to have gone to some effort to cover up the professor's erratic behaviour, mood swings and alcoholism. (laughs) Even... As the number of complaints grew. In Russia, that's probably a faculty. <laughs> yeah. This is the, he's the head of the Department of Mood Swings and Alcoholism. We can't, <laughs> we can't do this. This is what our country was built on. <laughs> one, of, one of the former students who lodged a complaint said to interviewers that when it came to a professor, quote, there was a certain policy of hushing things up. Ugh. Even, even... When in 2008, the professor was involved in an incident where he allegedly beat up a woman and then threatened to kill her. But the professor was never charged over the incident. Wow. How, talk about fucking enabling. Yeah. Someone. Like, I don't care how fucking big your degree is. Yeah. Like. Advice for future Russian university students, don't bother complaining to faculty if you want this guy gone. Just mention to to Vladimir Putin that this guy's looking to run against him in some form of political office. Yeah. He'll disappear like a stain in a bleach shirt. I know. Well, it's like fucking... 
The professor and Anastasia both loved French history and he introduced her to the world of military reenactments and reenactment balls. <laughs> Reenact these balls. <laughs> Every time the professor played Napoleon and Anastasia <laughs> played his Josephine. Could there, be a less, could there be a less sexy person to dress up as oh. in the bedroom? Oh, then Like just... if you're going to pick someone French, the Marquis de Sade. Oh, yeah, like get some of that creepy shit going on. Yeah. Oh, my God. For a start, everything, I think everything that he does to you in sex time, he's just got to fold one hand under his jacket. <laughs> so he's essentially just working with one hand. Like for a start. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you can't do anything with that hat on because if you lean in any, you know, too much in any direction, it comes off. That is definitely going to prevent any form of cunnilingus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's basically a reverse wedge shape of a woman's exposed thighs. Just yeah. boop, like Gumby. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's not going anywhere with that thing. <laughs> oh, God. I've just tetris into your thighs. <laughs> my horny disappeared. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I finally met my Waterloo and it was cunning lingus. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Uh, I was defeated. You, <laughs> you did not eat the carpet. <laughs> um, the two began living together in his plush apartment. A plush Russian apartment? Mm -hmm. oh, I've seen Chernobyl. <laughs> it means he had a cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, this Josephine was 40 years younger than this Napoleon. Uh. And she was... Quite simply, beautiful. Okay. It did not take long for the professor's insecurities and jealousy to take hold. <gasps> That's most un-Napoleonic. I should actually show you a picture because she is. She's stunning. Okay. It's, you know that thing about Russian women? Yeah. There's like basically either you are like you're a 12, you're like perfect you're 12 out of 10 you're an absolute supermodel yeah. and then you just go straight to babushka like you, there's nothing in between you are literally talking like a lonely coal miner right now who's flipping through russian bride catalogs <laughs> Mate, i'm telling you they're either a 16 out of 10 or fucking my wife's gumboot it's true though yeah. it's true though it's fucking their idea of fucking oh fucking you know fucking cheryl she's a bit fucking plane would get the cover of Vogue over here, I tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> oh, holy fuck. How hot is she? Is a picture of her in the hat? Uh, no, dancing with this fucking creep. Oh, no, keep going. There's a picture of her in a hat. <laughs> you'll have to leave the room because you'll get like an, a hard on straight away. She's gorgeous. Uh, no, I know what happens to her, so. Yeah. Holy um, fuck a moly. Yeah, I know. How is a 64-year-old dude who can't get an erection dressed like Napoleon banging, banging that lady? And he, he looks like Nick Nolte's ball bag. Yes. He does not that look That is good. the best description. Nick Nolte's ball bag in a Napoleon hat. Yeah, oh no. Yeah, and she, honestly, isn't she? She's gorgeous. She could be like she could be a supermodel any day of the week. That is not even a good Napoleon costume. Yeah, it looks like the ones you buy from like cheapest chips. Yeah, because you've got to go to a party where you have to drink. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you're like, if it gets ruined, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something you pay a deposit and then return yeah. on Monday. No. No, and it's got like some bad name because they can't use Napoleon because apparently it's like trademarked. Oh, so French like, man of war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Short French man battle guy. <laughs> oh, it did not take long for the professor's insecurities and jealousy to take hold. Anastasia's brother claimed that on the morning of the murder, she had called him in tears, saying that she had had a massive fight with the professor because of his incessant jealousy. Anastasia said that she was moving out and she had intended to spend the night at a student hostel. The jealous professor suspected Anastasia of cheating on him. Anastasia had returned to the apartment, perhaps to gather her belongings, maybe to smooth things over. We'll never know. When Anastasia told the professor that she was going to a friend's birthday party, which triggered a jealous, violent rage from the professor. According to reports from a neighbour, Anastasia told the professor that she wished to be respected. Oh, no, there's your first mistake. Uh This led to an even louder argument in which Anastasia was heard to yell, quote, I hate you! Get out of the way! Let me go! But the professor had no intention of letting his Josephine go. Instead, the professor grabbed a sawn-off Soviet-era TOZ-17 shotgun that had been customised to resemble a 19th-century cavalry gun. But this shot only wounded her. So the much larger professor grabbed Anastasia and proceeded to strangle her on the floor of their apartment. Jesus Christ! But because he was no Napoleon... Oh, no. When Anastasia began to show signs of life after he failed to strangle her to death, he shot her three more times. One shot fired directly into her right eye. Fucking Jesus! Later that day, the professor received a knock at his door. Later, so the neighbours heard the argument, mm-hmm. and then later that day, after four gunshots have rung out, the knock at the door were his friends. <laughs> Fucking hell! So he quickly stashed Anastasia's body under the bed, closed the door to the bedroom, and invited his friends in, as one does. The professor and his friends sat around that evening, all evening. They laughed, they joked, they partied as they drank and they drank a hearty share of cognac. Oh, he's fuck, he won't even drink vodka? Nah. Oh my God, a dick. <laughs> I know, how fucking pretentious can you fucking be? <laughs> What's going on this whole time? So where, where's Josephine? Yeah. Just... Uh, out shopping for a new skull. <laughs> smell gunpowder. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I don't know, she's not going for, you know, glasses. Uh, yeah. So he sat around with his friends and partied in the apartment while her body was in the bedroom. Jesus, man. Just because one has murdered one's partner, that can't get in the way of one's entertaining obligations as a good host. Well, that's, the French are very, very obligating in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even, you know, during like, you know, the World Wars couldn't stop them having a good old time. Yeah, they, they even entertained all of Germany for a while. They carried on. They carried on. After his guests left, 
The professor would spend the next day in his plush apartment dismembering his girlfriend's body. He dragged Anastasia's body into the bathroom and then he used a saw and a knife from the couple's kitchen. First he sawed sawed off her head, then he cut off her legs and her arms. Far out. Now, this is just like a like when they're saying like a saw, like there's no reason for this man to have like a proper like tree saw. So I can only imagine it's one of those like kitchen saws. Yeah, like those little things you get from um, Ikea. Yeah. For trimming the ends off something. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. How, how long would that? I don't have the patience for that. He did not look like a fit man. Yeah. Oh, God. well, that's it. He probably had to like rest every five minutes to like yeah. have another cognac. I'm guessing it's not actually that easy to dismember a body. I would put out a call out for people to tell us if it is, but I don't want to know if people know. <laughs> We've been through this before. You just need to know a man at a. Uh, we, I would imagine if you're going to do it, it would all become like it would all be it at the joints because that's where you would like things would come apart. That, It'd be a lot easier. You'd think so, but that's actually where things really strong because that's that's where they need to be strong. So maybe it's actually easier to go through the bone. Oh, so like rather than doing like like here at the elbow, yeah, we've well well got a, like a confluence of like what, about four, eight different bones, a whole bunch of yeah. sinew and other shit yeah. that's like designed to be like flexible but strong. Maybe you're better off going up to the humerus and straight through that. No, because oh no, I mean, God, you would imagine like the thigh bone, like that's like tartan than cement. You can't saw through that. Surely if you go up to the hips, you could just, you know, get like your, your secateurs, like your, you know, your outside you know, rose pruning secateurs and just go through the muscle, maybe. The little bits that join stuff together. I'm guessing the predator had a point where he just rips it all out like a... Ah, well, that's, yeah. (laughs) We're not all the predator, okay? No. We can't all just pull a human spine out. (laughs) As much as we'd like to. Uh, Although, actually, maybe that is easier because you just get into the spine and then just... uh, uh. It just makes a, like, Disney sound. (laughs) (laughs) And then play it with your skeleton friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so uh, that's something for us to work on over the holidays. Yeah, is it easier to dismember a body at the joints or through the bone? Hmm. Hmm. I'll hmm. ask some bikies. <laughs> uh, so first he sawed off her head and then he cut <laughs> off her legs and her arms. I love that joyful little lilt. Ah, first he sawed off her head and then her joints. <laughs> then he went shopping at his local Ikea. There's a guy just sitting at Ikea going, look, I know they say all publicity is good publicity, but I don't know. When you want a meatball, you want to... You want to, yeah. They do vegan meatballs, you know. Yes, they do. And vegan hot dogs. And the vegan hot dogs are cheaper than the meat hot dogs. Yeah, you know why? Because it's all the fucking sawdust from where they drill the holes out. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know. It's true. Well, I guess they can't, you know, there's only so many anuses, you know, that they can put into a hot dog. So, yeah, that sawdust sounds terrible. If you're getting anus, you're, that's a good hot dog. That's the $2 hot dog, yeah. not the dollar hot dog. No, this is eyelids and dicks. Ball sacks. Yeah. It's just Nick Nolte's balls. <laughs> that always makes me laugh whenever there's dudes on the internet going, I want real meat in my hot dog. And it's like, dude, you just need to address what you want. You want meat in your mouth is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. But you won't eat pussy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Putting those dots together. Yep. <sighs> just going on a fishing trip to Thailand with the boys. Nothing fucking crook about that. 
<laughs> going to commit some sex crimes. We'll all be in the same room. We're actually you know, use a foreign culture to hide our own fucking homosexuality. But that's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's sure our dicks will be touching, but it's not gay <laughs> if there's like a woman in the room. Exactly. It's in a different hemisphere. Well, when I say a woman, he's wearing a dress. <laughs> My dick's touching his dick, which is touching Macca's dick. So technically there's, a, there's two dicks of separation, mate. Fucking Kevin Bacon, we're fine. <laughs> Nothing happened on that trip. I fucking love you, Macca. <laughs> oh, fucking Mac is a cunt. So he went to his local IKEA, probably got some, you know, meatballs. Yeah. Um, there he bought a new mattress, which he brought home and placed over the old mattress, which was covered in blood. Okay. Hard rubbish. Hard Weak. rubbish. Well, just yeah. wait for hard rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. The professor then used the cover of night for his military campaign to walk over to the Moika River situated opposite the couple's apartment. Yeah. He had killed her on Thursday and was now disposing of the body on Sunday. That's Sorry, Saturday. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, that's a fair wait. Yeah. But it's like the worst Craig David song ever. It's a meta on a Thursday. <laughs> Chopped her up on a Friday. Disposed of the body on a Saturday. Made love to the rest on Sunday. Oh, that's how you get a meatball. <laughs> Met with Artie Hammer for meatballs. Uh, CCTV footage shows the professor carrying plastic bags to the river and then throwing these bags into the river, <laughs> then returning with more plastic bags. I believe that's called incriminating evidence. Not only that, how environmentally irresponsible is that, you yeah. fucker? Yeah. You throw plastic directly into your waterways. Yeah. They can choke a dolphin somewhere. I know. Have some consideration. Fucking, oh my God, he really is French. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Somewhere there's a sturgeon having to deal with your your mess. Oh my God, I'm surprised he didn't just like nuke the entire island. <laughs> oh my God. They suspect that the first bag contained her legs. Okay. Yeah. See, I'd go with the head first. Well, the next, so the first was the severed legs. The next bags contained the remains of her torso. Right. It is uncertain at what stage the professor started drinking. Oh, no. And it would seem to drink heavily. Because uh, yeah. this is the time. Yeah. This is the time, you know. <laughs> not not drunk shop at Ikea, you know. I didn't know Ikea sold wine, but sure. Because, uh, that being said, I'm going to have some wine. I love that he went and bought a new mattress before disposing of the body, mm. which goes to show he's actually not that worried about getting the thing out of his house mm. all that quickly. Mm. Which makes me think, why did he really need a new mattress? Oh. Yeah, you know why. Oh. So many love stains. Oh. You know he was. Oh. Ah. He's a 64-year-old man who dresses up as Napoleon. He's literally never going to put his dick in anything else in his life besides Macca in Thailand. So <laughs> uh, so he started to drink and drink heavily because on his third trip to the river, he carried Anastasia's severed arms along with the gun in a backpack. But the professor was so drunk Instead of throwing Anastasia's arms in the river, he slipped, <laughs> fell, 
and ended up throwing himself into the freezing waters of the river. You had one fucking job, mate. This guy is Russian dash cam. One fucking... And it's like the river is literally across you. You were literally walking six feet from your apartment to the river and just fucking flinging it over. How do you fuck that up? I love how he just... He's just so casual about it. I'm just going to use the river directly across. Directly my, opposite. Because I'm lazy. Yeah. Like not even go to like another area. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Oh, or an area that doesn't have CCTV. Yeah. yeah. No. You know what? For a man who studied Napoleon. That being said, <laughs> Napoleon didn't have to combat CCTV cameras. I don't know if Napoleon really had to throw too many ex-lovers into a river either. <laughs> Oh, well, no, he did. But you know what? He wasn't a fucking idiot and didn't get fucking caught by throwing himself in the fucking river. Oh, my God. Uh, this gets better. Okay. Oh, Jesus. So he throws himself into the freezing waters of the river. So this is like Russia. Yeah. Night. Yeah, this is, this is Russia. Halt the entire German army cold. Yep. The professor cried out desperately for help. <laughs> Ironic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't think while he was in the water to dump the backpack. Oh, well, it was his good backpack. Instead, he just flailed about and called for help because he was too drunk to rescue himself. <laughs> Luckily, a passing cab driver saw and heard him and he bravely dove into the water and rescued the man. Wow. Yay, go the cab driver. Yay. Police arrived on the scene. And found the horrific contents of the backpack. The professor was treated for hypothermia and arrested. Police searched the professor's apartment. They found the bloody tools used to cut up Anastasia's body. Next to them was Anastasia's head in an Ikea bag. Oh, no! No! Uh-huh. Oh, dude. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ah, there's no publicity that's bad. <laughs> Start the car. <laughs> oh my god, they really do have a cupboard for everything. <laughs> what would the cupboard be called? Murder. Or, <laughs> or skull. <laughs> oh my god, yes, it would be the skull. <laughs> for all your skull needs. <laughs> oh my god. The professor greeted the trial with the pomp and ceremony that he bestowed on all of his public performances. And like his career, he wielded history to its own purpose, to his own purpose. The professor never denied that he had killed Anastasia, but at first claimed that the killing was an accident. I can see how this is pure carry on. Oh, I tripped, I fell and accidentally strangled her. And then I'm like, oh my God, like she's still alive. And as I was running for the phone to call the police, I fell on my gun and it discharged four times. Yeah. And then she slid under my bed and five friends came over. Oh my God. I know. We just slipped all over the house drinking. And I was like, oh my God, like I need to get her to the hospital. But I'm like, oh, I'm too old and fat. I can't carry her. I know. I'll carry her a piece at a time yes. to the hospital. Because we know he loves Ikea. Flat <laughs> pack girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we can reassemble her. I had an Allen key in my backpack, Your Honor. The five ruble woman. 
We have the technology. <laughs> we can't rebuild. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my Lord. The professor, uh, yeah, so said uh, he never denied he killed her. At first, claiming it was an accident, although whenever one angle of his defence seemed to not be working, the professor would shift gears to a different track. At first, he said it was an accident, admitting that, yes, they had a romantic relationship and it had happened during a quarrel. The professor claimed that Anastasia had started the conflict by insulting his children from another relationship and that she was the jealous one. And he reacted perfectly reasonably. Again, I'm going to put up a picture of him. Yeah. And I'm going to put up a picture of her. (laughs) She was not the jealous one. No. In this relationship, this 24-year-old hottie from, you know, Russia's Next Top Model was not jealous of a failed 64-year-old man in a funny hat. Yeah, he's a fucking cosplayer. (laughs) Oh, some cosplays, though, are fucking amazing. Yeah, this guy is in literally $5 store. Yeah, this guy, this guy is, he, you know what, he would, get, he would get laughed out of a cosplay competition. He would, yeah. Uh, so he claimed that uh, she was the jealous one and she was jealous of his children. Well, they are all the same age, mate, so, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let, me, uh, let me pour myself some wine while I uh, talk trash <laughs> about this, like, piece of shit dude. Yeah, she uh, was fucking stunning. How hot is she? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I know. Like, you, like I'm, okay, we've all we've all had at least one encounter in our life where, do you know what I mean, we were feeling a bit low and bad about ourselves. Yeah. And we may have used the power of the flesh to just, you know, make ourselves feel good for a brief moment. The okay? power of the flesh? What are you, a puritanical creature, a t- a preacher? I'm just saying. You're the one drinking and I'm slurring. I'm just saying, if we all had to look back on the scrapbook of our fuckingings yeah. over the year, <laughs> we've all had at least one where yeah. it was it was not about them. It was just, you know, a revenge fuck to bring the life back to it. Maybe. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, we've, we've all been there. Um, In the sticky centrefold of our... Yeah. Of our scrapbook. Yeah. So, uh... I'm glad that you used the term revenge fuck and I didn't. If I had said that, we probably could have got cancelled. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when I say revenge, just like revenge against, you know, society and just like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Whoa! Take this universe. Yeah, you know, like, fucking take this, you piece of filth. You will <laughs> never oppress me again. Yeah, woo! Yeah. I'm going to fuck everything. Woo! <laughs> For liberty. Woo! And justice. Woo! And then I'm going to fuck everyone and I'm going to get a picture of your grandma's face tattooed directly above my fanny. <laughs> She's my fanny hero. Just to scare the kids away. <laughs> and which is a picture of the flag. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't believe that she was jealous is no, what I'm saying. No. Um, he also claimed that she then attacked him with a knife. Oh. 
Yeah, this girl that weighed three pounds when wet. Yeah. Even without her arms. I doubt he ever got her wet, so how did <laughs> But I'm boom. Yeah, he finally got her wet. Hey! Literally had to throw her in the river. Finally we got there. Woo! Oh my god. Just just eat the carpet, man. It's all I'm saying. Exactly, but anyway. yeah. He claimed that she attacked him with a knife and he was in fear for his life, so he defended himself. The professor said, quote, let me drink more wine before I say this, trash. Oh, Jesus. This has got you that rattled. I've never seen you do this. Uh, well, no, it's just, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, we've okay. all got eyes, mate. Like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> <sighs> quote. In over five years dating, I had not raised my hand to her. Even scandals between us were rare. <sighs> FYI, they'd only been in a relationship for three years. <laughs> yeah. Fuck didn't even know how long he'd been going out with the woman he had just fucking murdered. Oh. Fucking Men, am I right, ladies? Fucking hell. Well, it's thanks to these men that lonely miners in Australia can actually get a Russian bride. Oh, oh I tell so you. So thank God for the low standard being set. I know, seriously. Oh, my God. Like, Australian mine, you know, a lot of Australian mining men, they may not be cultured. Yeah. They may not wear funny hats. <laughs> but they won't fucking chop you up and throw yeah. you in the fucking river. Can you make me a toasted sandwich? Duh. <laughs> Done. Hey. Oh, he then went on to say, oh, God, okay, we're getting into the victim blaming here. He then went on to say that Anastasia had driven him, quote, to a state of complete insanity. (laughs) One might even say he had a Napoleon complex. (laughs) Uh, Quote, this girl who seemed like a beautiful idea to me turns into a monster. He alleged that she, quote, she grinned like a witch <laughs> just before he shot her. This is fucking, this is Borat for the defense. <laughs> she had gypsy grin. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I had to shoot her because she was clearly with Satan. She is donkey with rabies. I shoot her. <laughs> This is this is a Sasha Baron Cohen character, isn't it? Oh my Napoleon god. Napoleon Professor who murders his fucking hot girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my god. Probably sensing that absolutely no one in the room was swallowing that series of events, the professor adopted the role of the penitent man. Oh. The professor changed his tactic and then said, quote, I want to express deep and complete remorse for what I have done. Uh uh uh. I not only believe that I must be punished, I want to be punished <sighs> to atone for the crime I committed. <sighs> he then went on to say that Anastasia was the love of his life. And if her mother was present in court, he offered to bend on his knees and allow her to shoot him. Sounds fair. For again, if, if everybody is on board with that, yeah. I, I say, you know, let's go with that. Yeah. Anastasia's mother was not in the courtroom <sighs> on this day Fuck. due to the horrific details of her daughter's murder. Well, that's fair. 
her father was present. He was the one who had been charged with identifying the remains of oh, her body. Oh, Jesus. The professor went and wrote to a Russian newspaper. Oh, okay, yep. Quote, I understand that I committed a horrific thing and deserve the strictest penalty possible. The professor added, I don't care what is said about me. It doesn't matter. I killed her and myself too. I do not exist. Way to make it about yourself, dude. Yeah, read the room. Oh my God. My cherished memory of Anastasia is the most important thing for me now. We were supposed to get married <laughs> and were planning the wedding. My cherished memory. How long were we dating? You and I don't. I mean, sure, she came back to get her things because she was leaving. But, you know, that's... <sighs> no one could ever accuse the professor of not fully committing to his theatrical role. And the professor sobbed in court saying, I repent. <sighs> he then cried and wailed so loudly in the courtroom that the judge had to adjourn proceedings for the professor to stop crying so loudly at one stage. No, oh, just fucking send him to the gulag. He's going to do so well in prison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, prison loves a crier. I'm sure, and I'm guessing, Russian prisons, I'm guessing, are pretty accepting kind of places. Have you seen that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where he goes to a Russian prison? Oh, is that a documentary? <sighs> It's not pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> Can you imagine though? Like, oh my god! Seriously, just oh my god! Just when you think this guy couldn't be like more obnoxious, he really makes even while talking about killing her, he makes it all about him and yeah. how he's suffering. Yeah. Fucking hell! What a douche! Seriously. Definitely got a copy of Fight Club. Oh my god! Oh, you know it. Two other female students were brought into the courtroom. They both testified that they had both had a previous relationship with the professor whilst at the university. They described him as having an extreme temper and being extremely controlling. Anastasia's legs were finally pulled from the river nine weeks after they had been thrown in by the professor. So yeah, they were still looking for her legs while the court proceeding was going on. The professor confessed that once... Oh, you're going to like this. Oh, okay. The professor confessed that once he had completely disposed of Anastasia's body, that he had intended to commit suicide. Fuck, could have saved us all the trouble, mate. Why go by the... For, for a start, oh yeah, really? Why did you go buy a new mattress then? Yeah, and why did you bother disposing of the of body? the body, yeah. Okay, wait for it. His plan was to dress... In his finest Napoleon attire. <laughs> Narrator, it was shit. And then commit a public suicide at one of St. Petersburg's famous landmarks, the Peter and Paul Fortress. Oh, what a fucking dick. <laughs> what a dick. He <laughs> dresses like Napoleon to kill those. I know suicide is a deeply personal thing. <laughs> It's like putting on your favourite Pokemon onesie. <laughs> pika, pika, blam. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
The professor sat motionless behind a face mask when on Christmas Day, the St. Petersburg court convicted the professor and sentenced him to 12 and a half years in a Russian prison colony and not the 15 that the prosecutors were seeking. How is that? How is that not life? Fifteen years. Yeah. What do you have to do to get life? What? Yeah. What do you have to do? Shot her four times, strangled her, dismembered the body, disposed of the body, lied about it, dressed as Napoleon. <laughs> the Kremlin described it as a quote monstrous crime, although the case has drawn light on women's rights in Russia. Activists say that the university's failure to address previous complaints made against the professor are another display of Russian society's disregard and indifference towards the sexual harassment of women and a disregard for domestic violence against women in general. An online petition demanding that the professor's managers be fired from the university has gathered thousands of signatures. Only time will tell if it will be heard and they will finally face their Waterloo. Oh, fuck you for that. Fuck you. Any excuse to play Ab. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think they played that as he was, like, marched out of <laughs> out of the courtroom? I really hope so. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say it. <laughs> oh, I have finally met my, my Waterloo. Waterloo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, oh, my God. But, yeah, like, what the, f- what the hell do you have to do in Russia to get life if that's not enough for... I present present a legitimate political threat to Vladimir Putin. That's about it. Oh my lord! But on a side note, okay. When before we started re- recording this, I was, I was talking to your lovely partner Lube as we cracked the wine, and she said to me, "Didn't something happen to Napoleon's penis?" <laughs> and I was like, "You say what now?" That's a wear in time in Carmen San Diego. I didn't ever come across. <laughs> and I was like, something happened to Napoleon's penis. Then we are talking about the actual penis, not this penis that we've just been talking okay. about. Um, so she actually did a, a Google search. Do you know something did happen to Napoleon's penis? Do you want to know what happened to Napoleon's penis? Uh, Don't cheat. I see you your phone. You better not be looking it up. I'm Googling, yeah. What? No, I'm going to tell you what happened to Napoleon's pe- uh, penis. Allegedly... Napoleon's penis was cut off in the autopsy that was done after his death in 1821. It's rumoured that since then it has passed through several hands. (laughs) (laughs) Including Macca in Thailand. (laughs) Eight hands. Including... ASW Rosenbach, who exhibited Napoleon's penis in New York City in 1927. Oh. Can you imagine? Come on, five cents. Have a look at Napoleon's penis. <laughs> and people, Gather around the children. And people are saying that like TikTok is like the downfall of humanity. <laughs> yes. Go to see a PT Barnum show where they've got a fossilized cock. Yeah, I know. Seriously, just... Just, just, oh my God. Yeah, you can't say it's fucking rock videos. It's, you know, GTA. <laughs> fucking no. Maybe it's all the fucking live dick shows. 
Um, Famous dicks. Oh, my God. It was then purchased by John K. Latimer in 1977 and it is still held by the family today. Um, being passed down from one generation to another. Oh, no. Can you imagine the fight over like, oh, my God, well, I want the grandfather clock. Well, I want his dick. It was described as being similar to a piece of leather or a shriveled eel. Show me that picture. You oh, just found a picture. I found a picture. Of Napoleon's penis. Should we put this up on the uh, Instagram? And once again, my fucking algorithm is ruined. It yeah. does, that does not look healthy. Oh. That needs a bit of the old L'Oreal skin rejuvenation, doesn't it? Oh, oh good God. Well, the other thing is, like... I mean, it certainly makes me re-look at Imhotep in The Mummy, where he's all sandy. Because <laughs> uh, you're like, oh, he's really sexy. Oh. Um, oh. Just saggy ball. But I guess, I guess, it, you know, it's not sort of filled with any. You know what? They need it. They need something next to it for scale. Yeah. Because you can't tell the size. I mean, it's clearly not like, I wouldn't put it on a deck of cards. <laughs> next to a Bic lighter or a banana? What's the Tinder standard? Um, yeah. See, that's it. They're always like, use a banana. But you're like, sometimes you're like, oh, that's clearly a lady finger. <laughs> that's a lady finger banana. Um, why would you want that? It looks like just some ginseng. Like it's, it's like the, it's the last bit of ginger in the shop that you wouldn't buy. You know what? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I'll just buy some of the, I'll just buy some of the stuff out of the jar. <sighs> there you go. Fucking hell. Do you think that's how Napoleon wanted to be remembered? I mean, everyone steals something from work. But imagine coming home from the autopsy that day and just going, guess what I got? <laughs> oh, God, not Did you get someone's watch? Not again, John. Not <laughs> again, John. Whose dick is it this time? Oh, just put it just put it straight in your bloody, you know, in your cave. In put, your dick cupboard. <laughs> put it into your skull cupboards from Ikea. <laughs> Before they had Pop Funkos, <laughs> if you wanted <laughs> famous souvenirs, you had to be an autopsy technician. Famous dicks through history. <laughs> oh, my, you know, oh my god! You know what? Copyright pending. Copyright pending. Yeah. When we have merchandise, I want to have like a coffee book that's just crazy dicks through history, and I want to compare all the dicks from like everyone from like Napoleon to fucking Pol Pot, Pol Pot, Ronald Reagan, Hitler, Hitler's dick. Yeah. Oh, was it circumcised? Oh, scandal. Oh, Oh, my God. And just like compare like just the dicks of like crazy fucking psychos from history. Yeah, like uh, Bundy's dick. Mm. And then you'd have them and then we could do like that computer like re-enhancement where they'd be like, oh, this is what we think it would look like at like full attention. You know, and then we could just openly mock their little penises. That poor goth girl from CSI just having to go, enhance. <laughs> enhance. <laughs> she drinks her orange drink. Enhance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. You know what? I think we're going to find a lot of... A lot of um, Ivan Malat's dick. Troubled dicks. Yeah. You know, just, uh, just, just disappointing and sad dicks. I think so. Well, there's that woman who did all the um, the casts of famous rock stars. No, but that's cool and sexy. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about cool and sexy people. I'm talking it's about like, like... Jimi Hendrix has got some girth. Oh, oh, fucking... Whew. Oh, you know why everyone was, al- was along the bloody watchtower? Because they were fucking hiding from his dick. It was a lighthouse. 
Jesus. That was the watchtower. Woo! Jeez, like seriously, yeah. you could like, Jesus. You could use that to like cut a car in half if someone was trapped inside. <laughs> yeah, they put it in and it just, <laughs> quick, get him hard. <laughs> and the car just the fucking dick explodes. Of life. Yeah. Be like the ultimate Pokemon. I choose Pikachu. <laughs> Hendrix's dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Gorgatron. Oh my God. It's my favorite x men <laughs> Hendrix's dick. Magneto tries to fight it. There's no metal in it. Good times, good times. So Prin- Prince Andrew's dick. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> he can't use it unless the fight is, like, near a primary school. <laughs> the only way it gets to attention. Oh, no. <laughs> Jimmy or- Savile's dick. Or unless you're near, like, it was a pizza in Woking. Yeah, in, in Woking, yeah. <laughs> My dad's from Woking. <laughs> he should have seen his face. He's like, he's never been to fucking Woking. <laughs> <sighs> oh, good times, good times. Indeed. So, yeah, you... Uh, okay, well, keep a, keep an eye out for, for Liz's extremely illegal coffee table book of famous dicks throughout history. I think history. they're great. Come on, wouldn't you like to see all of sci- like history's psychopaths dick in a book? Uh, uh, no. Because I think they would just be, they would be so horrendous. You'd be like, oh, that fucking explains everything. But are they going to have like a, a companion version for women? Like, or like the crazed hoochies. Of- yeah, like Gina Reinhardt's vag. Oh. Mm. Welcome to cattle country. <laughs> you know, the chick from Abu Ghraib, her gash. Oh. No, no. You know what? We're only re- we're only rewarding good Vijay on this show. Oh my god! I am going to start an online petition to get your grandma's flange on the new dollar coin. On <laughs> one side, the queen's is head. Is that a flying fox? Is that a numbat? No, on one side, no Captain America's head, and on the other side, your your, your grandma's flange. And he's just sewn his mouth shut. <laughs> so he ain't going near it. We can flip that coin. He's always coming up heads. Oh, my God. He's going to flip that coin like he used to flip your grandmother. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what she had to do for this war effort to, to get scrap metal. Oh. She's the reason you're not speaking Japanese. <laughs> oh. Bless your grandma. Yeah, bless her. Mm. We'll be back next week with some other outrageous tale of a fuck knuckle who killed someone. No, next week we are going to be reviewing a cult film classic and one of my one of my all time favorite movies, Dog Soldiers. Oh, fantastic! I'll probably end up having to watch that one alone because Lou will fall asleep again. No, she fell asleep in Blade Runner. I don't. <sighs> no, this this has got enough. Like this will keep her on her toes. Okay, good. Like I, yeah. I, oh my god! I was very drugged when I watched this for the first time. Medically, though, I'd just been—I'd been hit by a car. Oh, uh, now that is the story you need to tell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that. Indeed. Until next week. Real Mothman, eat the carpet and beware the lies of evil men or whatever the fuck it was. Take heed of evil company. Take heed of evil company. <laughs>